Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. <laughs> All right, today we are talking about shortcutting your hiring process because you need to make a hire. Here's the scenario. Have you ever looked at a resume and thought, this person's perfect? Only to find out after you've made the hire that the person's a total mismatch to your organization. It's a disastrous hire. Well, I know I have. Maybe my guest has. I'm not sure. But this is the result of, as my guest Kevin Castle is going to say today, is called shopping hungry for the hire. So this is totally avoidable. And by keeping the interview process consistent, regardless of who the person is, where they come from, or what they do will serve you well in the interview process. So needing to fill a seat is not evidence enough to warrant a hire, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's quote, if you take shortcuts, you will get cut short. Any idea who said that, Kevin Castle? <laughs> Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> Guy's crazy as a loon, but that's a great quote, right? <laughs> All right, I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes, we identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to help your company win the hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Kevin Castle. He's the managing partner and co-founder of Technosis here in Orange County. Kevin is responsible for motivating and leading an organization of technology experts who are laser focused on exceptional client outcomes. I like that. Well written. A highly engaged entrepreneur, Kevin has driven the company's strategy and supported the expansion of Technosis footprint from one office in Irvine to three worldwide. The firm has been recognized three times by the Orange County Business Journal as one of the best places to work for and four times by Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in America, which makes him the perfect guest for today's show. Kevin, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. All right. So we're going to cover the pitfalls of being shopping hungry. I like this term, by the way. I'm going to totally steal it from you. Do it. So how to avoid this and, um, you know, a process to cure this shopping hungry thing that, so let's talk about a little bit about this. So what is shopping hungry, Kevin? Right. So I would say, you know, anytime that you're in a situation from an organization perspective where you need a key hire or a key role to be filled and, and you have a last minute scramble in order to try to find that person, that individual. And so what you end up doing is reaching out and scrambling to try to find them by whatever means possible. Usually you then follow up with, shortcutting your interview process and making a hasty decision that maybe your gut's telling you probably shouldn't have. And then you end up pulling the trigger and hiring that person and bringing them on. And it ends up more often than not, not really working out in the long run. Yeah. So that's what I would consider shopping hungry. And usually when you go into those conversations, you're trying to figure out a way to make the answer yes to bring them on. And usually that's a disservice to both. What do you mean by looking for a reason to say yes? So if just, you're, are you justifying it because of the fact that you need to have the, the right. button to see it, right? Right. So as, as an entrepreneur, there's been a number of times over the years where, you know, it's usually key growth time, like a couple of deals came through or yeah. some strategic opportunities to scale. And you need to bring in an, either a new skill set or additional horsepower or somebody else who can help you kind of carry the, the additional weight that's coming on and it's using positive times. Usually in that situation, you're stuck with trying to figure out a way to get support at the same time making the right decision. And usually you opt for bringing in additional support, going quick through the process and just, just figuring out a way to convince yourself to say yes, to bring somebody on. <laughs> As opposed to hiring a contractor, you hire somebody who's full-time who can 
right. you think and just who has the skills could probably do the work. Right, right. Using that term shopping hungry, I typically refer to it as just kind of your attitude as you walk into the hiring process itself. As anybody who's <laughs> gone deep. grocery shopping, I think that's a you know, <laughs> Got it. Okay. indication so of bad decision making, right? <laughs> Got it. Uh, and what's indicative of that is is really shortcutting the interview process. Mm-hmm. Why is it important not to shortcut the interview process? What's important is when you decide as an organization to follow a series of processes to understand both skill sets, competencies, attitude and culture fit. It's important that you go through all those checks along the way and make sure that you really are getting to the bottom of, is this person the right fit? Are they really, is this where they're going to have their career defining moments kind of as a a steward and you're responsible for their career? There's a lot of responsibility that you have both as an entrepreneur, as a boss and the, the multiple hats that you wear. And it's important you follow that process, right? If you're trying to define the process on the fly of justifying, you know, bringing somebody on or not, and it's kind of ad hoc and not well defined, you can twist the process in a way to make a haste decision, right? And so following the process is critical. I find that this happens a lot with companies that get a, a tranche of like some sort of investment where all of a sudden I've got some money and I can pay for somebody. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's a non-technical founder, and they need somebody to build their product. I've ran into a lot of entrepreneurs that are non-technical founders who hired somebody and they all have the same story. Right. Well, I thought the person had the skills. They were really good, but then they couldn't get the product done. Right. Have you seen that? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's hard because as an entrepreneur, you come into starting a business, you carry in the passion of what you know, and then you start to drift away from the closeness to the skill sets that you had before as your, as your organization scales. And so as you start to hire into different companies that may not be your area of strength, you do take somewhat of a gamble, right? And I think that's why it's important to, to build a network of, of trusted advisors in those different areas of discipline, because you know, those types of mistakes, if you make them, are very costly, both from time and from money. And so it's critical that you get that advisory help in those areas where you may not be strong. So if you're in that example, the entrepreneur who's non-technical background, they should have themselves a couple of folks that they can turn to to get advice around vetting technical leaders that are, they're going to be pointing into their organization. And I think it should be at the top of their mind that they should be hiring for cultural fit first based right. on how they want to build the company. Right. That should be at the forefront of when you start hiring. How do I want to build this company? How do I want it to look? Right. Because uh, those few first people that you bring on board, they shape your culture along with you. Right. And one bad egg, <laughs> as we all know, stinks. Yep. <laughs> yep. In order to go and really hire for culture and for values that fit your organization, you have to define both your culture and your values for your organization, right? And they have to be honest and sincere. And there's, you may have to make sure that it's not just things that make you feel good to say, but things that you live by. And so stating openly into your organization, here's what we stand for and here's what we don't stand for and, and incorporating that into the process. It gives everybody a good sense of pattern recognition when somebody new comes in, if they fit or not. Right. And I think part of that, it creates an opportunity for you to be really honest with yourself when you bring somebody on. Right. That is so true. Amen, brother. Yeah. I find that some companies are delusional about what they think their culture is. I've walked into CEOs offices where they have like on the wall behind their desk, trust, collaboration, and all these like great words that are all the hot words for today. And then you walk through their office and you're like, that's nothing like what your culture is. And then you ask the people within the organization what their culture is. And you'll get all kind, like a hodgepodge of different answers. And being honest with yourself is key here. Mm -hmm. Know who you are. If you're an asshole, 
then you should build your company with a bunch of other assholes. Right? Like, <laughs> or at least tell people that they might be working for one. Yeah, and if people exactly. are okay with it, then they're on board, right? Exactly. Yeah. Be transparent about it. Right, right. All right, own it. So you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard, And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Find out how healing a person's pain points attracts amazing people to your company. Sign up for our passive talent workshops at stridesearch.com. Today, our guest is Kevin Castle. Kevin is the managing partner and co-founder of Technosis here in Orange County. And we are talking about shortcutting your interview process and not or actually not shortcutting your interview process to make for effective hires. So how do we solve this problem, Kevin? I mean, if, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting up a company, like, what's the key things that you would say, hey, don't do this? Right, right. Well, I mean, I think for most people who've built businesses, their first handful or dozen hires that they have are usually people that they either know closely, have worked with directly, or have had prior relationships who can vouch for them deeply, right? So I think that's usually the genesis of that early core team where you have a certain bedrock of trust just because they're already within your network, usually very close, right? God, what if you don't have that network? Yeah. Go well, find one. Then right? you have to go build one, right? Yeah. So uh, advice I was given probably about four years ago was just to consistently spend 5 to 10% of your week networking with people, kind of passively recruiting for key roles that you see either in the next several quarters or the next year, and just start spending time meeting with folks. I mean, I have I have done this off and on over the last couple of years. And whenever I'm in a situation where I'm hiring for a certain new role, especially if it's a new discipline, it has become critical to make sure that I've spent that time doing so. I'll just do cold outreach on LinkedIn and just connect with new people. I tend to like just going and talking to people. I, there's a lot of side benefits in getting to understand and learn more about- Talking to people today? That's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, old school. Like where, uh, where does somebody go? Like where do you go to network with people? I mean, I, I spend a lot of time at events, you know, okay. local events here in Orange County. Spent a lot of time just doing outreach, honestly, cold on LinkedIn yeah, and just well. connecting with people, right? So what I try to do is just make sure to have the time to sit down and grab a coffee or have lunch. And I try to fill most of my week with a couple of meetings like that where I'm getting to know people. And really all I'm, look, I'm looking for is to get to know them. What do they stand for? What do they want to do? What is their career map to? And is there a potential fit for us? And if there's not, I'm not trying to force it. I'm just trying to get to know them. And usually in the process, I end up learning a ton. I get a perspective on the market that you really wouldn't have done in a non-organic way. So you pick up lots of new ideas and strategies and knowledge that's in the market that traditionally would be very difficult to come by. So, I mean, the, the upside is you get a chance to meet these people. And when you have the time that you need to pull in somebody and make the hire, you have a couple of people you can reach out to to see if they were interested to make the jump. The other side is you also pick up some knowledge in the market and understand where things are at and where your position as well. Networking and getting out and meeting people is critical because a lot of those people that may not be the best people right now for you might be really good referral sources mm -hmm. or even people you pass on. If you give them a good experience and you treat them like a human, they'll refer people to you. Right. God, I hear everybody complain about ghosting and companies are complaining about candidates ghosting, but mm. it's kind of payback now, right? Because companies ghost people all the time. Right, right. So when you when you give somebody that bad taste in their mouth, they're not going to refer people to you. Right. So uh, networking is number one. Five to 10% of your time, guys, is not a lot of time to get out and yeah. just meet somebody. Right. That's what, one networking meeting a week? Yep. Yeah, it's not too much. All right. If you're in Orange County, where where would you go? 
Technosis hosts a number of events at our office, right? Well, there you go. So, I mean, that makes it a little bit easy Shameless to walk outside plug. of my office. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there's also the ENP events. There's a lot of events at the Cove here at UCI. Uh, we do a lot of, we sponsor a lot of UCI events as well. And just staying in that network. And so I think part of it is being okay to ask for referrals when you have people in network that you want to meet with somebody. So I, I tend to do that quite a bit. Perfect. What's the second piece? One of the important factors when interviewing somebody and considering bringing them in, I have suffered from this in the past where a person has all the skills that appear to be needed. Everybody else has met them and appears to say, absolute thumbs up, let's bring them on. And then, but something in your gut's telling you that it's just not clicking. And situations I've gone with looking at the facts and data and not really gone with the gut check. I've been burned in the past. Usually oh, we I, all have. And yeah. usually, it's, a, it's hard because it's a non-quantifiable thing when you start to understand. I just don't get a good feeling or a good vibe that typically doesn't make itself discernible to understand what is the issue. But honestly, every time I have not trusted my gut and pulled in higher, it typically hasn't worked out well. And it usually starts off on bad footing, right? If you're feeling hesitant, you make a hire in the early couple of weeks and they come in and it's not starting off as quick as you would like, you just tend to be more skeptical yeah. along the way. And it's just not fair. I hate to use this analogy, but we've had other guests that have brought this up. It's kind of like dating, right? Like, you know whether or not you want to date somebody. You should know whether or not you want to work with somebody. Right. I mean, using data is, is great, but you have to do that gut check mm-hmm. for sure. There's something going on there that your subconscious is picking up that your your conscious needs to listen to. For sure. And yeah. it's probably bi-directional, right? If you're an entrepreneur who's built a business, my guess is you have a personality that more often than not people either gravitate you or gravi- gravitate away from you, right? So chances are, if it's not clicking on your side, it's not clicking on their side. And why would somebody want to work for somebody that they're not really clicking with as well? And so to me, I, I look at it as a, it's a service on both sides. Well, you also have to make sure that you're doing best by that person. Right, right. I mean, hiring somebody to do work for you, like to get a job done, that's called a contractor. You can That's a totally different thing than hiring a full-time employee. Right. Right. When you're hiring a full-time employee, you're buying in the culture and everything else, and you got to make sure to help them to further their career. That's a lot more responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility. Okay. So trust your gut. I have had an incident before. We hired somebody who was amazing, had all the numbers. Like This person was really, really good, but just rubbed everybody in the office the wrong way. And it was really hard for me to break away from that person because of the fact that Production was so good from mm. that individual, mm-hmm. but we were a team-based environment. There was no team play work. What was interesting learning thing for me or an aha moment for me, the month that that person left, our production shot up like 300%. Huh. Everybody was dancing around the office because that person had left. And all of a sudden, just everybody got super serious. They pulled together as a team and collaboration went up. And so I learned a very, very big lesson from that. Mm. Trust your gut, guys. What's the next piece? I come in to approach bringing people into our organization very seriously, right? So you're playing a part of their lives. I feel very privileged to have the opportunity to have the people that work at Technosis spend as much time as they get to spend with us versus their families. And so we carry that with a lot of responsibility. Uh, I think one of the harder things that happens is when you have somebody who is beloved by all and not performing, 
And I think that's one of the more challenging things to deal with. God, that's a tough one. It's a really tough one, especially when it's a business that you've built. The culture is very close and supportive and collaborative. Then it becomes increasingly difficult. That was one of the other things that I feel like needs to be called out as an ongoing challenge that entrepreneurs face. One of the things that we've enacted as a solution around this is we've built in performance boards metrics at all levels so that everybody understands both on the upfront, what is the metrics that they're driving for to make an impact in that role in the organization and what are, where are they at at the end of every quarter to understand their success criteria. Do you uh, build those in your job descriptions? We don't build it in our job descriptions, okay. right? Some some roles will have it as part of the offer, but the JDs themselves don't contain that. You know what I found works really good is that you build a success metrics for 90 days. Mm-hmm here's what you're expected to do 90 days. That 90 day period is pretty critical. So if you set performance metrics for those 90 days, what ends up happening is it becomes a very easy, you stay or go type thing after 90 days. Right. We have it on a 90 day cycle, but ongoing a year. But for most roles that we have bring in, the ramp is defined for that particular role. But I think the important part of it is to have performance-based metrics for all roles so that you can understand. Because sure. it's, it's hard to understand where if somebody's not in their particular area, how do you have a course-correcting conversations when everybody is saying that this person's amazing, right? That's a, that's a difficult thing to, to insert yourself in and try to, to fix or modify. When you have somebody who's underperforming, maybe somebody who's a high performer and they started underperforming probably failed as a manager in the past or as a leader in the past by trying to work with them, but then eventually they've had to leave. God, have you ever had a turnaround situation like that where you've been able to pull them back? Pull them back, underperform, and then turn back around? I'm sure there are situations. I can't think anything off the top of my head. (laughs) That's a tough one. It's tough. Once somebody's made up their mind, I mean, they're checked out. One of my old uh, managers used to say, and I don't know if I ever like really bought into it, but like once you start thinking that you should get rid of somebody, you should just get rid of them. That's kind of that old school, our producer Paul's like mentality back in the day. <laughs> like if you're out, you're out. So just made me think, oh gosh, I, I don't know if I've ever had a turnaround that's been successful, but I've tried. Yeah. We're getting close to the end here. Let's talk about uh, what would you say would be three takeaways that you would want to give our audience that would help them in driving their prowess ahead and, and getting them out of shopping hungry mode? Sure, sure. I mean, I would say passive recruiting, always trying to meet with people and they can expand your network, spend some time out of your business, kind of meeting with folks get to know them in a genuine fashion so that you really understand what they're interested in, what they're not interested in. I would clearly define your culture, make sure that it's honest and true and that it's it's not just words on a poster, that it's actually a, a goal for you to live by. That and, is and to seriously, get like that, that is so important. If you don't know who you are, how are you going to be able to hire people? Right. Right. And good and bad. Right. And then so I think to the other part is the gut on the gut side of it. That is really knowing who do you typically work well with if they're reporting directly into you and being honest with them as well. And so if your gut's telling you that this may not be the right fit, I would listen to that, although it's hard to uh, quantify. It's an important (laughs) aspect of the process. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Kevin, man, we're just about out of time. Thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way for members of our community to find you, your company, get a hold of you, all that good stuff? Sure. My, my email is uh, kevin.castle at technosis.com. Okay. So if anybody's interested. Spell out technosis? Uh, T-E-C-H-N-O-S-S-U-S.com. Perfect. 
So yeah, if anybody has any comments, questions, or anything, they can follow up with me there. And you guys are hiring right now? We're hiring for a couple of roles right now. Yeah. If you want, I'll give you a plug. What are you, what are you looking for? <laughs> I, I know, I know some people. <laughs> we are always looking for senior technologists in the organization. So I think most of the positions that are open right now are senior technology roles, architect okay. level, consultant level. All right, guys. Yep. Get your resumes warmed up. Send them over, Kevin. <laughs> All right. I want to thank our <laughs> listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and our creative director, Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening, and we welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O, dot com. Or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com to learn about our Passive Talent webinars and workshops. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Brian Erickson. Brian is the Vice President of Strategy and Solutions for Vidori. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 